Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. On this week's podcast, we're talking to Will Hart, Group Managing Director at Unlimited. Will joined Nelson Bostock in 2011 and became MD in 2020, before taking over the Group MD role of Unlimited from Nick Clark in April this year. Unlimited is owned by private equity group D-Bay Advisors. About 150 people work for Unlimited in London, circa 70 for Nelson Bostock, about 30 for Fever and 50 for Health Unlimited. For those of you that don't know, Nelson Bostock is a tech PR firm and Fever is a specialist consumer shop. Nelson Bostock has doubled in size just roughly in the last three years or so. Um, and for those of you that are up for a bit of training over the summer, um, a quick promo from our PR Moment podcast sponsors, the PRCA. Summer is here and the PRCA is offering 15% off all training. That includes face-to-face sessions, virtual classrooms and online sessions, qualifications and its Brighton Future Leaders Programme. Specialist diplomas, bespoke sessions and coaching throughout 2021 from the 8th of July to the 31st of July. So there's plenty to go at. Um, All the courses, I'm told, have a sharp practical focus to ensure best practice skills and techniques covered in the sessions can be applied directly to your day-to-day role. Do check out the training brochure at prca.org.uk forward slash training. And you can book with discount code SUMMERSALE2021 to claim your 15% discount. Will, I don't know if you fancy a bit of training, but welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ben. Great to be here. And uh, yeah, could always do with a bit of training. <laughs> <laughs> now, congrats on your on your recent promotion. Um, you're, you're, a, you're a New Zealander who's, who's built a career in, and a life in London. What, what brought you to the UK originally? Yeah, I guess uh, London is uh, London. You know, you grow up in New Zealand with um, London being very much the the, the home base. Uh, you know, the Queen is our Queen, the, the, and, the, and the pool of the the big OE, as it's referred to in New Zealand. The overseas experience is always based in London, and uh, it, it, it's it's it, it's somewhere that feels far away, but also very familiar. Um, and and uh, it's always exciting for young Kiwis to get over to get over here and and, and feel that for the first time. But you, so you, um, what what happened? You went to a kibbutz in Israel, is that right? And met up with your with, with your with your your wife at the time, and then and then moved to to Israel originally and started. That was where your first job was, was it? For, as a, as a but, but, guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess my journey is, is sort of uh, atypical for, uh, for 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 someone from uh, Hamilton, New Zealand, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I first came over as a young backpacker over to London in, in the normal sort of way in the the combi tour around Europe for the summer and all of that, and um, and and it heard you know and and like and heard and had liked what I did hear about the sort of the the kibbutz thing in um, in Israel and went out there to volunteer essentially to recover from the summer uh, from the summer in the combi van around Europe and. Um, uh, and you know it's, it's a very different life and experience over there in the kibbutz. It's a sort of um, you know sort of fully sort of socialist um, world, 
uh, where in theory everyone's equal. Well, was then. It's all it's evolved ma- massively since. Um, but I really enjoyed the experience there, and um, yeah, um, met and got married to my wife at the time there, and we we, we came back to London travelling, and I, I I finally went belatedly back to uni as a quote unquote mature student at sort of the age of uh, twenty six, post all that experience back in New Zealand, um, and loved it. And the, but you, what I was think what I was getting at was you you left. When did you leave Israel to come back to the UK to then oh, get, yes. a, get a, pro- a proper job, so to speak? What was <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think my wife Claire would point out I've taken a very long time to get around to having a proper job. Actually, been my current wife now, but uh, but no, we yeah. So went back went went back to New Zealand, um, did a, a, a degree in politics actually, and um, won a scholarship to do a master's degree. So the time out in New Zealand was extended beyond what we thought. The plan was always to get back to uh, London, but um, but my then wife was very keen to get back home to Israel after a number of years away. And so I went back into Israel with a um, political science master's degree, um, thinking I'd get into journalism or seeking to get into journalism. Uh, but that was in the uh, late 90s when the uh, the tech scene in, in Israel was absolutely booming. Um, and I managed to get into one of the big tech firms and in their corporate comms team, originally to write web content, actually, sort of in the early days of corporate websites, and quickly found that the, the person I was um, that had seemed to have the most interesting, exciting role in the team was the PR manager who was interacting daily with the CEO and the CFO and involved in all the, the secret squirrel stuff. And um, and I sought to learn as much from her as I could. And, and when she left to another role, I sort of pitched myself in, and that got me into... PR in-house, uh, which is where I, I spent my first f- first years at, at a sort of global level, several several sort of steps removed from the coalface of agency life. Right. But so, in that sense, you kind of, you built your a life and started a career in, in Israel, um, but then you and your wife at the time split up and then you came yeah. back to the UK. So what I'm trying to get is it was quite a tough start to a career, really, was it? It must have been it was, it was a, tough a tough time. It was a tough phase of my life, I think, Ben, in, in general, not just career. Um, I've got, got a fantastic now 26-year-old son. He was sort of 10 by the time I felt that I personally needed to get back to London, that um, be it that the experience of being a complete alien in an alien land. You know, I, I speak Hebrew fluently. I was in the, you know, I was very much in the world, but not of it, you know, it, you know and desperate to get back to sort of um, my own culture, as it were. Um, and so, you know, it was a, it was a sort of shared, collect, you know, team effort to, to to help me get back over to to London. But I was very conscious, you know, for 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 for, for my own for my own sort of self, I, I needed to get back to London. But importantly, career wise, it felt like um, that was a really good moment to I was I, I, you know what I'd seen from that sort of global in house level of of what agency life looked like. I was very, very keen to make that move agency side. So the move back to London, it, career-wise, it was a very deliberate um, attempt to or a desire to go agency side. So, yeah, but, you know that, that. So that basically, Ben, that meant I came into London and started my life in, in a PR agency. You know, at the old age of, you know, ripe old age of forty. Really? Well, <laughs> yeah. well, I yeah. mean, you, 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 you glossed over it there, but it, it must have been. An incredibly difficult time of your life. I mean, if you, I mean, the, the, to leave your. I mean, I only talk about it because we, we discussed it a bit in our pre-show yeah. chat. To yeah. leave your ten-year-old son must have been 
well, heartbreaking for you. Incredibly difficult, Ben. You're right. I mean, uh, I remember the 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 my sort of ex father in law, who I'm still good friends with. Actually, uh, he drove me to the airport, and that drive to the airport to to leave my son, um, you know, knowing I was flying to a different country. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the hardest day of my life. I have to say, it was really, really, really challenging, and 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 I was massively torn between. The me as as a sort of as a sort of human being and me as a father and um, I, to be honest I, I you know I went went to counselling to get to to get to that point um, and I think the, you know the counsellor was brilliant because she pointed out that you know t- kids need to know that their parents are happy ultimately first of all above all other things and also what, what if he starts to realise that you are unhappy because of him that's that's a really hard you know that's going to be more way more damaging than being in different countries for most of the time when we can stay in touch on a day-by-day basis and such which 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 we always have to be honest um and he became one of those uh kids flying with the passport around his neck back and forth every school holidays and i go out there a lot and everything and and you know somehow uh, i must say my ex-wife and her husband and their with the more kids that they've had were, were you know they've played a massive role in making that work you can make that stuff work but yeah not without a lot of pain <laughs> yeah. but um um we have made it work and I, I come from a big family originally and so i've got brothers and sisters and, and with kids over here and he's part of that world as much as he's part of the world in israel where he is so you can make that stuff work if you really if you really try and everyone's sort of focused on making it work you know yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a great story, isn't it? Because there, there's clearly some some tough times there, but actually, it's had a it's had a happy ending, which is which is I think a really important thing to because so often in 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 roles like yours, career it's a tough balance to get that right, isn't it? Um, especially yeah. when you're you know, frankly, it's international and across you know quite a long way away. So it was um, all credit to you for um, for working that one through. Oh, I appreciate that, Ben. I, I, I do think it's sort of, uh, you know, it, it's made me a, it's made me a better human being for sure, getting through it, and it's uh, made me a better sort of um, business leader. I think, you know, it's uh, empathy is a massively important thing, and you know, um, going through experiences like that, you know, there's a huge amount of learning, but there's a huge amount of um, uh, sort of understanding and and, and 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 I guess perspective, a sense of perspective that it brings as well. Yeah, well, there's you know there's there's a huge amount of complicated families around, aren't there? So it's yeah. you know, if, if there's a frankly if there's a role model within the business who's, who's who's been through that stuff and come out the other side. It's it's great for everybody, isn't it? How, yeah. It's quite often I, I speak to um, uh, I don't mean I do not mean this in a derogatory term. Like, you know, <laughs> a foreigner trying to trying to trying to build a, a PR career in London. Um, I've got quite a few mates who've come over from India who've, who've tried it. And, and the theory goes that you've got the skill set and, and therefore you should be able to, you know, pick things up. You've got all the tools and away you go. But it's a much harder thing to do that on in practice than it potentially is in paper, right? It, it, it is. I, I, yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, you know, my, the, the, when I did come back into London, um, I got I, my first job was with um, an agency uh, called Kinross and Render, which is now part of um, uh, the four communications absorbed into that um 
and and for for me the the role there was great because I was working in corporate uh, uh, in the corporate PR team for Xerox Europe, and that felt like a nice transition from from that in-house role I'd had in Israel into the agency world. Um, because you know the key thing I the key feedback I was getting as I was going around interviewing when I first got back was you know that experience is really interesting, great, but where's your sort of you know your black book? What about your relationships with me and with journalists in London? And obviously, I didn't have that. So so sort of that Europe. European level strategic role was a really good place to start. But also I had to very consciously start a good few levels down from where I've been in Israel, you know, and it's a sort of, and, and, and it's a sort of a, it's a reset that sort of, uh, yeah, I guess to be honest, you know, you use the word foreign, it's almost like a immigrant, you know, the classic immigrant mindset almost, but I, but I've always been very conscious to, you know, as we, as we, I think everyone in our industry is very aware that there's a diversity problem in in, in our world in London, and and I think we live in the most diversity in the world. And I've, I've always, uh, you know, always super keen to interview people from overseas that are brave enough, honestly, to come over here and try and make that move in London. I think you're really, you really, you, you'll in, invariably be really smart to hire them because. That, that that sort of just just at the level of the bravery to come and give that a go often and you know at least I speak the language albeit with a you know with a, a accent that uh, is questionable um you know we have plenty of colleagues work with plenty of great people um through me years at Nelson Bostock as well that have uh, you know that are the Eastern European or whatever you know the English is, is their second language and yet they're working in English writing brilliant um, content, etc., and um, you, you'll, you'll always be smart to. The, the, they're always worth um, considering. People that are uh, that are prepared to take that journey, but also, yeah, well, they're uh, if nothing else, they're probably they're they're hungry, aren't they? They're hungry and they're most they're hungry. You know, yeah, they're, absolutely, they're and probably that extra mile. How and also, yeah. catch up. Do you reckon? You How just, long to catch up? Yeah, well, you, I, took, I, you, reckon you, I, went, you took a couple of steps back in your yeah. because of. Uh, I'd, say, I'd say plenty of my colleagues would say I'm still yet to catch up, Ben. Honestly, but uh, <laughs> but um, no, I, I I sort of you know it's interesting as well. You know, as I, I think we're all aware at the moment that it's a particular it's a particular moment of churn for in in the industry, not just our industry, and in, in the sort of you know in in, in the working world, full stop. And um, but but I think you know I, I was very conscious that I did need to move quickly and and probably look to move on from. Um, from Kinross and Renda more quickly than I would have done. And that got me into, now, you know, that, the, the role when I started in Nelson Bostock in 2006, I think it was, was working on Canon Europe, which felt like a really nice transition from, um, from Xerox and, and, uh, and, and I and the idea that the, I really liked what I saw about Nelson Bostock and the culture there and the um and but, but you know that uh, that was a move that that was a move more quickly than probably otherwise but it was yeah it it, it 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 definitely took it definitely took quite a long time to catch up because what, what do you think two years Five yeah years? Uh, two year two years at least actually Ben but but it also also going into and this is something I think it applies to everyone that you know that you're mentioning like your friends I'm sure as well. It's it's you have to go into a really heightened state of learning through that those times as well because they, you know people were right to say it's that sort of the practical in London media landscape media you know relationships etc that you you know for example that you are lacking um, but I, but I love that sort of mode of hyper learning sort of you know that that sort of state of mind um, it, you know. It, it, I knew I was catching up, but it was also really great fun to be in full learning mode in that yeah. sense, you know, in the workplace. Well, no, no one meets journalists anymore anyway, so maybe, <laughs> maybe it doesn't matter. 
Um, what does a group MD role involve? I get, I get what an MD does. What does a group MD do? <laughs> Uh, well, I guess the, the, in, in our context, I guess, um, yeah, from the introduction, I guess it's, it's, it's probably important to clarify that I'm Group MD of Unlimited Communications and we are part of the wider unlimited group. So, uh, the, you know, and the, the other group has, the, the other parts of the group, you know, we've got um, we've got a really strong a TMW, very strong sort of marketing agency. Uh, we've got Splendid, which is a, a sort of a digital agency, and we have Walnut, including ICM and the sort of um, data and insight. Uh, neuroscience space as well so it's an interesting group to be part of but in my role as group md of unlimited communications that's essentially yeah like you said that it was the step up for me from md of nelson bostock to be uh to be leader of uh the the unlimited communications which is nelson bostock uh, fever and health, as you said. So it's um, got two great MDs in Caroline Farley of Fever and Claire Peck of Health Unlimited running those two agencies. Got a really good leadership team inside Nelson Bostock, but it's focused on that collective. Um, so it, 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 is, it does feel... It does feel a step up and different from focusing on Nelson Bostock specifically, but obviously Nelson Bostock is still a really important part of the mix. Right. But so, so it's more about so it's less it's less client handling, uh, more strategy, probably more people. Is it? Is that? Is that? Uh, is that yeah, I guess. Like? I guess. I guess. Uh, you know, I I still. Um, you know, I guess. I guess every every PR pro that you talk to would say this, Ben. I mean, you know, um, you never sort of want to step away fully from uh, from client handling. It's the it's what we do, you know. And um, well, then you're too vulnerable. Then 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 when there's a tough time down the road, the F the FD looks at your at your timesheets and go, well, Will doesn't do that. And, yeah. <laughs> that's probably that's probably a very fair point. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, you know, for, for me personally, um, we do have great uh, uh, client lead, you know, client leads. But I, I, you know, I started when I first started in 2006 at Mouse and Bostock, I was working on Canon and I still remain really closely personally involved in the Canon um, relationship. Um, you know, we've been working with Canon for um, 20 years next year. It's a really important relationship and it continues to grow and expand. So I do, I, I, I am very much involved in that relationship. Um, but yeah, I guess the focus, I, I guess um, uh, I would probably say the three, you know, what, what did you say? Sort of uh, people, strategy, um, clients, I, I guess the, the shift particularly, well, the, the, currently, as we start to come out of COVID and particularly through COVID times, I think my I definitely um, have been more focused on on the people broadly. Um, probably fifty percent uh, of of my time and effort is on on our on ourselves and our teams. Um, you know, and the rest obviously focused on. Um, our strategy, our, our our business, and our clients and new business. But yeah, the focus on people is you know we're a people business. We always will be. People is always a bit better, particularly through COVID times. Um, when that's, yeah, that's interesting. The um, in our pre-show chat, you talked about it um, about remote working having an unavoidable erosion of company culture. Um, yeah. Just talk me through what you mean by that because it, yeah, you know, yeah, we're not going to not remote working is not going to go anywhere is it so that we're going to have to work a way through that but i i don't disagree with that as a as a statement it's, it's yeah isn't it? yeah i think i think first of all ben um what an incredible year you know um or where are we at 16 17 months um completely completely unprecedented for any of us 
you know, you know, if I think back in, in sort of PR agency terms, if if you'd said to any of to to me or sort of anyone in, in our place in like December nineteen um, that one of our you know high pressure intense press office teams uh, could even begin to survive and handle work not being together on a pod in the office dealing with the minute by minute um phone calls and emails etc cetera, etc cetera. you know we, we, we would have laughed and said you know they take priority every time and I, I think back and think how many how many hours and hours we used to spend on you know seating plans and, and making sure you've got the right people sitting next to each other thinking of which teams get priority over others and you know all of that and it's all a complete waste of time oh, it was a complete waste <laughs> it, was a, it was a complete waste of time and you know well, how do you do that then what, what had is there a have you worked out a way to run a busy press office when virtually, or, or do you frankly just muddle through in the same way as we're doing now over Zoom? Yeah, I think I think everyone muddled through originally, but it was like it's amazing what it's amazing what we're all capable of when we have to, you know, when we adapt, you know, I mean, the ability of the of the of, the, of, of us as a species to adapt is remarkable, really, and and you know, in the business sense, I mean, we've made it work. It's incredible, really, but we've made it work fully remote you know and, and including those uh, those press offices you know they and they are they, you know we've we, you know been an amazing moment for tech, technology and all the tools that that uh, and the businesses that own the tools that um, um ha- enable us all to communicate but yeah it's just use of those tools you know the, 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 but, but, so, but how big is that so I, I don't know if you want me to tell the client but so i, I won't but there's a the, you had a big press office for one of the, the, the yeah mobile um utility companies in essence so you know it's proper you know yeah touch how big are, how many people roughly in that in that press office uh it's a probably a core team of eight but then many more handling sort of um various projects and stuff around that are sort of you know but, but i mean sort of core eight on a on a reactive press team environment you know so it's it's uh and, and, and that's and you've made that work in essence just by WhatsApp, Zoom, Teams, or whatever you know, yeah. normal stuff. Right. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, you know, so not by choice, but by by necessity, yeah. um, it's completely worked. And I and I think that's probably yeah, as as, as we were sort of saying earlier, if you picked any team that you think that's going to be really hard to do, it is that those those you know that sort of press office environment, and yet that's worked. So, so back onto my culture point then. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Because it does. All this stuff can be done, kind of. Yeah. We've just shown we've shown that it can be done. The world can continue to turn, and arguably the quality of work for a lot of the stuff it hasn't hasn't diminished, frankly. To, to, yeah. To, yeah. Um, but there is that erosion of culture, and I just maybe it doesn't matter. Uh, maybe it's a new culture, but I, I don't know where as a as a as a group MD that must be on your mind, isn't it? And and or, yeah. and, or, or maybe there's just nothing you can do about it. I don't know. No, no, it, yeah, I, I agree. It is massively on my mind. It's probably, you know, it's one of the top three things on my mind all the time. I think, and and uh, and uh, and it, it can't survive. It can't, you know, it can't survive fully remote. I think, I think that's for sure. Um, you know, so I think we have to be super smart about how how we how we take it forward now. How we build uh, a new hybrid work um, um, scenario. How we make that work is sort of the key challenge we all face now and a, and a super exciting one to be honest but you know i think ben 
I think we were, in the pre-show chat, you were saying that you'd met up with someone just recently. I mean, it is remarkable when you do, you know, we've, we've still, in our, in our office environment, we've still, but we're still very, very, you know, going by the government guidelines and still um, being very careful at this point. But when you do meet with people, when you, you know, like got together a leadership team last week, we're all in a room together for the day. It was like the quality of discussion and just, you know, um, just that sort of, uh, you know, you know, everyone talks about it, the, the body language, the just the, the depth of conversation, the depth of it's just automatically much deeper, you know, and, um, and first of all, it's really, you know, it has been very weird to see people in 3D again in the same room for sure. Um, but yeah, infinitely, infinitely better. So it's, a, I guess we've got a very, we've got to strike a really careful balance now as we, as we build away from, I guess it's a, it's about what, what, what was super important, about pre-COVID times in the workspace, and I think everything around culture, as you say, is, is what you know would come right up the top of the list. What has been positive about this mad experience that we should hang on to? How do you bring those those elements all together to create a sort of optimal, um, um, you know, work environment to, for high-performing teams moving forward? You know, it's that that's the big challenge. It's so so complicated, isn't it? Because you you've got so many moving parts of that debate, yeah. uh, and so there isn't, you know, what's right for one person, what for one objective isn't right for somebody else, and a different objective, isn't it? I mean, it, you were chatting about it before. You said maximum productivity at home. I mean, I found yeah. that. I we chat moment. I went yeah. into London. I spent yeah. four hours on a train. The Wi-Fi was rubbish. Stroke, not worth it. The mobile yeah. was rubbish. So I, I wasted four hours going there and back. And and you just you just. At the end of the day, you're you're very irritable because you know, <laughs> used to just be getting. But that's what I always used to do. But, but I've been used to getting so much done that I, I just you know I was I was I, I I wasn't used to it I suppose anymore. But the it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because in a way, I was just trying. As you were talking now, I was thinking about lots of employees would say, "Right, I want to work from home." Maybe some some might not. Who knows? But what employees say they want and actually what's good for their careers isn't always the same thing. What's good for clients and what employees want is always a good, good thing. Then you've got your cultural elements for the business, um, and then you've got, frankly, that the, the it's an employee. Sorry, it's, it's a it's a candidate-led market from a recruitment perspective, isn't it? So, so maybe Will's just got to got to give the employees what they want. You've got their choice because if you don't give them, then another agency down the road will let them do X, Y, or Z. So it's it's not easy, is it, to navigate the way to do that? Yeah, that's a very good summary, actually, Ben. It's uh, yeah, I, I, all those things are, are important factors for sure, and and, and also I think it's going to continue to evolve massively because you do you do hear, and it's not just in PR, but you know, um, uh, there's lots of stories around now that you know just just in terms of um, remote, you know, quote unquote remote working is now uh, a key ask of candidates and jobs. You know that so people are seeking that absolutely now. You know, and, and not just in PR, and, and but but you know, it, how do people feel now um, compared to a month ago? Compared to six, in six months' time, it's all it's it's all going to evolve massively. And, and as you say, there there are lots of varying 
um, pieces of the jigsaw puzzle to figure out. But, but you know, to, to be honest, I, I feel if anyone's equipped to do that, it's, um, it, it, it's leadership teams and PR agencies because that's what we're all about. We're about sort of, you know, we're, we're, we're problem solvers. We're, we're, you know, we, we operate or most of us operate. We certainly do in sort of matrix environments. So you're endlessly having to tweak and adjust and shift and, yeah. and, and, and you know, you win new business and you're creating new teams and you're, and you're having to make changes on new te- on other teams. And so I think we're, 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 we're as well prepared as anyone can be to deal with, you know, sort of complex situations. And, you know, we're all about taking complex issues and making them simple and, 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 and with solutions for clients. So we just need to do that for ourselves. And in, in yeah. like you say, the, the, the client piece is massively important as well. You know, how to, how to, how to, you know, because, We've obviously, you know, that I think one thing we pride ourselves massively on is, is as our client relationship management. You know, we've got really long tenure of clients and um, great sort of um, client satisfaction scores and stuff, and we've managed to maintain the relationships again, just like we have with colleagues over over Zoom and Teams. You know, how 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 are they feeling? How how what are their policies going to be in their organisations? And how do we fix bring those two things together as yeah. well? No, it's a it's a I mean, have you done any, you're bound to have done some employee research about what people feel about coming back to the office, but have you done anything where you've said once COVID is, I don't know, gone or under control, yeah. you know, in that scenario, what do you want to do? I'm sure at the moment, most people will probably say, well, I'm a bit unsure, but but let's say it's all done and dusted and everything's tickety-boo. What, what are people, do you have insight on that one? We have the the, the uh, unlimited group's been doing your voice surveys um, through the through the um, through the you know through the pandemic. Um, the the latest the, the last one sh- showed that the the average across the entire unlimited group um, was two point five I think a day uh, two point five days in the office a week as ideal. And, that, and that's when that's in a post-COVID world. That's in a, that's as far in a, as that will ever be the case, right? Okay. That's in a post-COVID world, and I guess to your point as well, that's the average. But I'm sure there's lots of individual flexibility within that as well. You know, um, um, there, there are definitely some that are, you know, want to just go back to five days. There are some that have fully embraced the fully remote scenario. And 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 to your to your other point. Um, we want to encourage as you know. I, I feel strongly that we need to encourage as much flexibility as possible. But it also it, it also has to be right for the business as well, doesn't it? And you know, in some instances, those seeking you know a fully remote um, scenario, for example, um, you know, there's going to be instances when that's not the right thing for the business for the teams you know that they're involved in and stuff. So, and you will pos- I don't know quite whether I've- there is an interesting argument that you will have a different shaped career on that you might not be i'm not saying you'll be more senior but you will you're you, you're you're going to be a it's going to be a more independent career isn't it if you like then then uh, uh, it's it's but, yeah i guess it's uh that that that's an interesting that's an interesting thing to consider i mean you know it is is sort of big picture wise um you know does the freelance route you know grow and sort of um yeah. Uh, in, in stature potentially. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, it, it's it, that, that's an interesting thing to contemplate. But I guess, I guess what you know, another factor in this complicated jigsaw that we're talking about is that you know, probably I think you know, you, you I totally hear you on the commute, um, and I think probably you know, um, um, the, the the sort of the more older the people in the agency, probably on average, the more 
they have enjoy, you know enjoyed not having the commute that you know they probably over indexed and living out out of town the commute was a real hassle they've gained all that time back that that time goes back into the office yeah. so um so i guess one thing that's really really important in the hybrid mix is to make sure there's a right mix of senior to juniors in the office as well you know on, on any given day because i think yeah i think you mentioned i agree you know maximum productivity at home but i think maximum collaboration and learning when you're in the office and i think we have to massively facilitate that learning thing i think i, I think i think apart from culture the 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 learning the spontaneous hearing the senior person on the phone the you know the water cooler moment as they talk you know all that all that on the job on the real time learning that's the that's the key thing from a business perspective I think that um, we need to get that we yeah. I mean looking. even back in the day when I disappointed everyone and worked for a PR firm a lot of the <laughs> guys weren't weren't in on a Friday and my goodness me you could tell you, you know, right. there, was, there was not quite the same work ethic and yeah. uh, um, there was a lot more chat going on which I mean maybe that was all part of the culture you know maybe actually that that meant something but but it, there is definitely a you know, clearly, if all the if all the senior team are out at, are working from home all the time, that's not going to work long term, is it? Definitely, def- definitely, definitely not going to work. No, and I, th- I, th- I think I saw recently that um, statistics so far, and I think you have to take them with a massive pinch of salt because it's government guidelines and all that. But I think I think people are already saying um across london no one's coming in on a monday or a friday that uh, you know <laughs> thursday's the new friday night um we you know i you know i i think um we have to be really you know in the hybrid mix it's we have to look at all five days making most use of the five days and um yeah, you know because- that's the other bit is the fds you know the fds are all getting excited because they can save a few quid on offices but if everybody's coming in on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it's not going to make any difference, is it? You still yeah. need the office capacity. So, no, you know, no, there's logistical yeah. elements to this as well, aren't there? So, um, very much so, very much so. But, but yeah, it feels like, you know, the, 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 we just need to keep, you know, I feel in our environment, we just need to keep mixing it up so that there's, you're not just with it. And, and that, and that it's helpful in that sense that we're matrixed because um, there will be different teams and on different days, which include same different people. So, um, yeah. Yeah, um, I, don't know, I don't know what that means. It's the same different people, but we're, 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 <laughs> come on in. What's it? What's it like working for a private equity firm? Is it? Is it as bad as everyone thinks? <laughs> I think that uh, this, this, you know, I just noticed another. There's another story in the Guardian this morning about around. You know, um, I think the FT has been saying now the UK PLC has been taken over by private equity, and there's a there's a concern around. I think I think DBA advises the guys that own. The unlimited group uh, that took um, that took it off the stock market oh, four four or five years ago now, I think they they're not they're not standard or traditional or they're not one of the big players in private equity in that sense. I'd, I'd say that they're, they're more a sort of a boutique um, private equity firm, um, and um, and they're very supportive of, of of what we do. And I and I think we're sort of it feels that unlimited group is sort of a small enough. A small enough thing we've um uh that, that we have a very sort of that it doesn't feel private equity in the, in in the way that you're probably thinking it feels um we have a we have a a guy called tim hassett who's uh the unlimited group ceo a, a, an american guy um, i'm part of his leadership team in the group and that that's a very tight leadership team and we have um 
and Tim and, and the team has autonomy to run the business as, as we need to run it. So it's a, it, it's a, it's a, it's a good relationship and it's, um, you know, it, it, I mean, we, we, you know, and, and uh, if you think back to the pressures of um, being a publicly listed company, um, uh, you know, it's comparable. Um, it, we obviously have to hit the numbers, but if we're, if we're hitting the numbers, there's, 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 we've got a decent amount of autonomy in the unlimited group to, to I think do that, I mean, that, yeah, I think that's, often the case isn't it you think i talk to guys who, who work for the holding company PR firms own, own, owned by holding companies it's, it's not a particularly different scenario for them apparently yeah no i, I, I and if you yeah, do I, I, numbers you, you don't <laughs> yeah no exactly no exactly and I, and I think um yeah it's interesting to hear the pers- pers- perspective of uh various colleagues around the sort of senior teams in the group that have come from the big holding companies um you know, the, 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 there's here's here's your you know the guidance comes from the central office. Here's here's your numbers, and and you're going to hit them, and that's it. There's no discussion. Whereas um, I think in that sort of more boutique scenario of the of the unlimited group um, and being part of the leadership team, you know, we're able to talk openly and honestly, and um, yeah. um, you know that, that that's a positive. Well, no, no one, no one hits their numbers forever, do they? It's just not, <laughs> not actually possible. Is it the quiet man of tech, tech PR? I mean, you've had quite a few, well, amazing couple of years, isn't it? I mean, and I'm, without, without, you haven't really shouted about it that much, but it's, it's seen some pretty impressive growth. Yeah, we 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 probably uh, we 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 probably haven't shouted. Well, we did. We haven't. You're right. We haven't shouted about it enough. Um, and yeah, that's probably a fair. That's probably a fair criticism. Um, I, I think that. Um, and and I think it probably speaks to the sort of the culture, the sort of character of the place. I think. Um, you know, I was just I was just reading about. Um, and another great thing about Gareth Southgate earlier, and it sort of feels like. You know, this really is quite a moment to be in England, um, and you know, it mm-hmm. feels wonderful. That sort of we're fi- you know, we've finally got this beautiful thing to that unifies us, that brings us all together. And and you know, I think one of the magical things about uh, Gareth Southgate, I think that a lot, all of us people in business leadership, you know, there's a lot to learn from the way he's running running the England setup. And I and I think he's got that. He's humble, isn't he? You know, there's no, there's no, hang on. How have, how have you managed to, to shoehorn Gareth Southgate into Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it's a fair question. I, I, I did. He just honestly springs to mind as his, his, his style of leadership. Okay. So you're I think, is, I think, I think it's really impressive. And, okay. and, and he's sort of, um, it's that lack of ego. It's that sort of humble belief, but, but, but winning as well, and I'm just trying to find a, a, a really. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. so you're, 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 what you're trying to be, you're trying to be a, a bit understated in your leadership style, but at the same time, genuine and and and, and a good culture and all that sort of stuff. Well, but 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 yeah, but 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 knowing that, um, yeah, people, we, we need to we need to be we need to speak up more about about what we're doing, and um, and you know, I'm, I'm it's great to be talking with you, and I I, I actually um, this is something I often spoke about with uh, Nick Clark, who who's sort of my predecessor, who did a who did a great podcast with you a few months ago, and has um, and has now moved on after a, a basically um, starting with us as a as a child many many years ago. Um, and, <laughs> and, and I think that, um, I, I, you know, I think it's interesting, isn't it? I, 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 
being humble is really important, but um, but I think we, you know, I feel as a leader, you've also got to show that um, this, that you, you we're confident, you know, that we're confident in our ability and we're confident that we um, we are really really good at what we do, and um, um, I, I feel that's something that's um, you know I, I need to be personally focused on as well. Brilliant. Will Hart, Group Managing Director at Unlimited Communications. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Brilliant. Thank thank you very much for having me, Ben. Great to be here. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.